0: Hey, this is former WWE superstar and ECW original, The Blue Meanie. And Josh Chernoff. And uh, we're excited to announce that Mind the Meanie is now powered by the MLW Radio Network. Myself and Josh Chernoff will bring you a show every week where we talk about everything from wrestling, movies, sports, and useless knowledge. But most importantly, we have a great group of neighbors there with Front Row Material. Absolutely. Front Row Material. We've got Mike Freeland. We've got Mikey Whipwreck, And we have got hashtag... This is Jerry Lynn. You're welcome again for that. i love to be here with you guys. I'm glad to call you neighbor. Maybe I'll stop over for uh, some extra coffee or a cup of sugar or have a slice of dropped pie. Ditto. Please tune in to Mine and the Meanie. Please keep supporting Front Row Material and we'll be a part of this great MLW Radio Network. It's time to start your day, though. Right way, with Front Row material, starring ECW legends Jerry Lind and Mikey Whipbrick. Now, let's welcome your host,
1: Mike Freeland. So, how's everyone? Why are you wearing a Golden Girl shirt? You trying to impress uh RJ City? I don't even know who RJ City is.
0: Alright, I gotta
1: go. I'm, I'm not go. familiar. I'm supposed been... to be up to date on this shit. I'm up to date on a lot of different things here, but I'm, I'm sorry, Jerry. Jerry should I are the old City.
2: timers?
3: Who is RJ City? Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I take it he's a Golden Girls fan. Yes.
2: Okay. How do you guys not know who RJ City is? Ah,
3: uh, I don't even know what I had for lunch yesterday. Are you kidding me? Okay, hey, where would cheese?
1: Well, I would say I would I would call Jerry more of a ham and egger, but you know what? We'll leave it at ham and cheese. No, that's um,
2: me. It yeah. works nights again.
1: What, All right, jobbers. Where, where would I, I, I have? I resemble that remark. Where would I have? Oh Christ, he's got the water running now. Oh God, Jerry, I gotta,
2: here's. I gotta mix my useful.
1: <laughs> Orange. He always has something to do when we're recording. Always, you are. No, you are oh, not... here's,
2: here's the thing. I, yeah. I was ready to go at nine o'clock, and I not Oh, you to here wait we go. go. Again.
1: So. Oh, here we go. Here we go. We were waiting on oh. me because I'm running late. Yep. My God. Nine o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Heaven forbid it's 9.02. one, nine o two. You're on fucking Heyman time.
3: Heyman. Then we wouldn't be starting till eleven.
1: That's what that's what I get going. Oh that's true. Your Whoa. elbow just looked like look like a boob. I you know what? You know what this whole video thing? I used to be your all elbow, for it. Now his elbow this looks like a boob? Jerry stop You <laughs> don't <it>. encourage <laughs> him. He, he
3: leaned
2: over and stuck his elbow forward. It looked like a boob. Oh
3: pinch that skin on the end of your elbow. Who, me? Yeah, pinch that with the other hand. Now, imagine that's your grandmother's nipple. <laughs> wow! Why? Oh, why did I do
2: that? Uh, why did I do that?
3: that Welcome to
2: front row material. <laughs> Holy fuck! We're starting off rip roaring ready to go this week. And a be Something here we
3: medical go. related
1: Oh. Oh, and imagine it's your grandma's nipple. That's lovely. <laughs> Would have never seen that coming. Okay, so the RJ City situation here, where would I have seen RJ City? I I I am not saying that I I am not a fan, but I'm just not familiar. So educate me. He's on Twitter. Look it up. That's all I get? Yeah. He's on Twitter. Look it up. You're on fucking Twitter and all this shit? You like to keep up to date hip? I try. I do my best. With current happenings? I do. Maybe. Are you friends with RJ City? Oh, I wouldn't say that we're friends, but we're, we're friendly. We're friendly. Okay. I've only mm. uh, seen him a couple times. All right, that's fine. Busted, I ass. I guess.
2: I guess in wrestling terms, you can call him my friend. Does
3: he live up there in the Northeast or what?
2: Yeah, he's up in Canada. He's up for. He's for Greek town all the time. Oh, oh! I
1: think okay. he's a champion.
2: I think he wears the sash. Oh.
1: He wears the sash. Yeah. Is that what they call it in Canada? Well, sashay. Oh, sashay. Yeah, Hold on, I okay. need orange. Oh God, this whole cutie thing. This thing seriously is is a problem, Jerry. His wife buys a five pound bag, and I he know. eats it. He eats it in one sitting. Well, well, these are kind of shitty. They're sun rays,
2: so they're not exactly cuties, but they're okay.
1: Yet Jerry asks me, hey, uh, on the download, what do you weigh? I tell him, and he looks at me, deadpan, and goes, Aren't you concerned? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like well, seriously I'm... not even joking aren't you concerned like <laughs> I'm not Mabel here okay I mean for the love of Pete here yes, yes
2: I'm sure it's, it's not that concerning I'm 13 feet tall
1: good grief right. I'm sorry we all can't have good looking X Division bodies you know what I mean I don't I got, I'm rocking the dad
3: body I'm about 182 I think right now fuck off Jerry I, probably I was just about one, to say I, I will. I will eighty two. What?
2: 182.
3: I should be one seventy five probably. I
1: should I gotta, be about a
3: buck forty.
2: What is that? I say? Got,
3: I my mom squeezed my me section. out of her
1: thighs at one forty. <laughs> no one said that breast milk wasn't high in calories. I tell you what, man. Yeah, I think you really need to avoid the dairy
3: products. <laughs>
1: Oh, how I have missed Dr. Now.
3: That's all you get. That's all I got. I didn't even do him well.
1: No, I'll <laughs> take it. I'll take it. Well, you look like you're doing your damn taxes right now. <laughs> look at you. You got the ca- Oh, Jesus. What's- what, do- he's doing his taxes laying in bed? He's doing no. something
3: laying in bed. Pam does the taxes.
1: He's probably playing Snake on his phone. What are you doing What's slapping snake? your lips like that?
2: You, Mikey. I- what are you I- doing? I'm meet- eating the orange.
1: Oh. Put, your, put your ass on camera. I want to see this.
3: Yeah, how are you
1: eating the orange, making that
3: disgusting sound? That's really disturbing. Oh, no. Oh, no.
1: Is he filleting <laughs> the orange? Oh, God. Wow. wow. There you go. There you go. Big apple choked on it. Have fun with that. Can you get arrested that, for that in public?
2: public?
3: <laughs> Only in Carolina.
2: Don't ask me how I know that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is just fucking joking, terrible. Joke on these things. God, <laughs> he has absolutely no concern for the fact that he's just putting these things away right in front of us. Fine, here you go. Oh, oh, what I are we drinking out. now? Twisted tea. Yeah,
3: Ooh. beach. Ooh.
2: Beach oh, tea. How is the peach one? Is it good? Pretty good, pretty good. Yeah? They blueberry now, which I haven't tried it yet, because oh. that just sounds
1: shitty. Yeah, that doesn't sound good. Blueberry tea? But Raspberry tea?
2: No, don't do that. i get in trouble. That's stereotypical, Jerry. Nope. Can't Jeez. do that. Can't well,
3: oh, and how many times has Mikey done it? Oh, my gosh.
2: I'm just oh. telling you, I'm, pre- I'm, pre- I'm hoping to help you prevent okay. grief. I will prevent
1: we're trying to stay politically correct. So this is week one. Let's see how well we can do. We need an ethics sponsor. We need somebody who we can call when we feel like we're having a a, a struggle with, with keeping things appropriate. Mikey's sitting in the dark. And uh, Do you like sitting in the dark? Is that is that your thing? No, I hate it. That's why I'm doing it. So, Jerry. Yes. So Jerry I can't
2: I can't even see the bottom of Jerry. I just see his fucking nose.
1: There you go. No, don't have him tilt the screen down any further. Then, when then we're gonna see that that areola action he's got going underneath that tank top. Oh. That's gonna hurt his neck. You mean your elbow skin? Stop <laughs> it! I'm not doing that again. That's horrible. Can't believe he made me do that. She was a very nice woman. Oh. Every time I scratch my, you know what they? I think they call that uh, that skin the weenus. All kidding aside, if you look it up right now, I think it's called weenus. W-E-N-I-S Or W-E-E-N-I-S How do
2: you know these
1: things? But he has
2: no RJ City
1: Yeah, because RJ City (laughs) is so common knowledge Hold on a second, I gotta answer my door Someone's at my door, hold on
3: That was so as a
1: matter of fact It's your grandmother (laughs) Uh, Hold on, I'm on my way Keep your underwear on
3: Oh no He tells his grandmother to keep her underwear on
2: Do you see him trying to get out of that chair? Yes. Made me feel good about myself. Shouldn't he be concerned? <laughs> you're, you're concerned.
1: <laughs>
3: oh. Oh, what's that package for? Is that me?
1: Oh, is it you? Yeah. Oh, nice. Sounds good. Oh, God. Is it a big package? What's What's that? <laughs>
3: This not a big two. package. Is it one no. of those chairs that elevates you up onto your feet?
1: I'm not I'm not I'm not talking to you the rest of this evening after that whole <laughs> grandma nipple thing. <laughs> and look at you, George of the Jungle, sitting there in the uh, sitting there in the dark. What else are you? Do you have anything else around you that you're gonna be eating while we continue this or
2: not at the moment. But i probably have another orange.
1: So, <laughs> card subject to change, right? Now,
3: I'm going to go buy some cuties. The last batch of oranges I got, I didn't like.
1: What is something that you could literally binge upon and eat till you're just gluttonous? One item. One thing. What could By looking
2: be? at me, everything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Jerry doesn't look at you and go, aren't you concerned?
2: <laughs> well, see, for you, he wants you to be concerned. For me, he goes, oh, you should be careful. <laughs> I'm not at the concerned stage yet. I'm just, yeah. I'm, in the, I'm at the, oh, you better watch out. Oh, <laughs> <Jeez. laughs> uh,
3: okay. The thing I could binge on forever is dark chocolate. Really? Yes.
1: Now why dark chocolate instead of milk chocolate?
3: Milk chocolate's too sweet. Yeah? Yeah. Hmm.
1: I'm not really been a big fan of the dark chocolate.
3: Do the Talenti dark chocolate.
1: You will be a big fan. You talking about the uh, the ice cream thing? Yes. please yes. Yeah, that's got like five thousand calories in one cup. Oh, that's true. Never mind. Yeah, there you go. go. Up, right go two titty sizes. <laughs> shut it, shut it, produce boy. I don't need any. More. That's why I have tilted my screen this way so. Yeah. You can't, you can't see my. Uh, remember,
2: remember when the podcast started? Freedom. Was your triple respectful.
1: D's. I wa- wait a minute. I'm always you, you respectful, were and you you were you were somewhat fucking normal. Well, I don't know if that's necessarily been the case, but I'm very respectful. I'll go. I tell you, I'm jealous of people who don't know you. (laughs) (laughs) So dark, so dark chocolate. So you like your dark chocolate? Okay. Yes. So, what would you like, Dove, or do you have a uh, particular brand that you like, or what are we talking here? No, I need dark chocolate. (laughs) But that's that's your that's your vice right there. Yeah. Mikey, what's your what's your vice? Chicken parm. (laughs) <laughs> Did I even need to ask that question? Chicken pot,
2: chicken pot, chicken pot pie. Chicken well, pot pie. chicken pot pie.
1: So what were you? What were you doing? If you want to
2: get laid, you better crawl up the chicken's ass. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Never mind.
3: What's the butcher saying?
2: You are look at a t bone by sticking your head up there. What? <laughs> <That's not it. laughs> you, can so, get, you can get a good look at a butcher's ass by sticking your head up there. No, wait, it's gotta be your ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can get a good look at a T-bone by sticking your head up a bull's ass, but I'd to take the butcher's word for it. <laughs> I, had to, do, I had to do that all I had to do that all Chris Barley and Ed from 90 Day Fiance. Oh
1: jeez. <clears throat> So Jerry, you uh, you, you watch, saw,
2: did you watch previous seasons? I missed the Day first. Fiancé.
3: I, I may have seen one or two of those. The previous... Wait, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't see the earlier seasons. I can't. Pam, what what season did I start watching a Ninety Day Fiance? <laughs> What's it, which number was it? So did you watch any of it this season with No Neck Nick?
2: I watched something like that, but I I, wa- I thought his name was Ed. Huh? I thought his name was Ed.
3: Yeah, Big Ed, but I call him No-Neck Nick, because Nick ain't oh. got no neck.
2: No, I, I watched <laughs> some guy yesterday he was on. They had, like, a, one of those marathons.
3: Uh-huh. Kind of like Freeland Ed's go. girlfriend.
2: Did Freeland turn the light off? Thank God. <laughs> I, thought me just... the, I, saw me, I thought me sitting in the dark <laughs> would give him a subtle hint.
3: He's like, I can still hear you.
2: <laughs> oh.
1: I thought I'd let you two wash women finish discussing your show before we got started. you got to watch 90 Day Fiance. I don't have time. You do, too. You I don't have time.
3: To... It's an hour a week.
1: I don't know what channel week, it's if on.
2: If you DVR it, it's 42 minutes. Plenty of time yeah. to on the treadmill. Yeah. What
1: channel is it on?
3: Pam what channel is it on oh TLC
1: I okay. thanks
3: I'll
1: I'll have to check it out
3: they're they're adding all these different 90-day fiance shows there's 90 day fiance 90 day before the, before 90. the 90 days 90-day 90 fiance happily, day happily ever after what else they're adding all these different shows now let me let me ask assure- oh 90 day fiance the other way then they have 90- day fiance pillow talk couples whoa, from the previous whoa, seasons will whoa. watch the latest season, and they show them watching it and their reactions, it's hilarious.
2: I did see one of those. Yeah, they're hilarious. When they were quarantine.
3: And, yeah, they, and they have the, yeah, the quarantine one, too. And Freeland's kind of quiet.
1: No, no, I'm just waiting for you guys to get this, uh, this out of your system. You guys going to go on to what you watch on Hallmark next? Huh? Maybe TV Land? Is that what you? TV Land. I think I've watched Hee Haw. Okay, you know what? We're going to move on here. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're just going to slightly take a break from uh, I used all watch,
2: this. I used to watch Nick at Night, which became like TV Land. They had like Dick Van Dyke, Bob Newhart.
1: Happy Taxi. Day. Taxi. Once again, Happy two Day. ECW hardcore legends talking about Nick at Night. Yes. About- uh, let me jump in here for a second here, Jerry. Did you have a good birthday? Yeah. Good. So tell me a little bit about your birthday. Did we go
3: anywhere to eat? I don't, I can't remember. But I did say, oh, it was uh, Pam and Annabelle were trying to talk me into going to Baskin Robbins and getting supposedly my favorite birthday cake, which is their favorite birthday cake, the ice cream cake with the chocolate chip ice cream and the chocolate cake.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But I put my foot down and I
1: said, no. So Very good. You yeah. got nothing. She says, yeah, right. Jerry, <laughs> okay. let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Uh, hypodermically speaking, um, if you were going to celebrate someone's birthday, right? Yep. Let's, let's say, I don't know. <clears throat> let's say about celebrate someone's birthday and you couldn't get together with said Oh, person. fuck off. Oh, what's going on? Okay. And you weren't able to get together with said person. Okay. okay. Would you still celebrate said okay. person's birthday
3: by Asshole. yourself?
1: Hmm. Would you celebrate it by yourself? Like how? By going to a restaurant and celebrating. Maybe letting the waiter or waitress know. and is My birthday? No, that it's, it's not yours. It's, it's someone else's birthday, but they're not there with you. And then trying to get the comp <laughs> the comp birthday treat that they oh, give you. Oh, yeah. Uh,
3: trying to get the comp birthday treat? Sure. It's worth a try. If you don't try, it's a definite no, right?
1: There you go. Okay, just just questioning, just curious. <laughs> just just hashtag asking for a friend. Hashtag <laughs> hashtag your ass.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what do you- does this have something to do with Mikey having a beer for me?
2: Yes, uh-huh. exactly. Yes. Well, This this fucking mother tightwad motherfucker over here was no, giving me a fucking hard time.
1: No, no timeout. I'm just saying. If you're going to celebrate... Jerry, look at me from this perspective. If you're going to celebrate someone's birthday...
2: You'll be violently ill. And she's picking the wax out of his ears.
1: (laughs) It was my grandma's nipple. Now stop. If you were going to celebrate... If you were going to celebrate someone's birthday, wouldn't you want to celebrate it with them?
3: Yeah, but I'll have a drink in their honor.
1: In their honor, correct. Now, would you tell the waiter or waitress that you're there specifically to do that? Or would you just... To yourself realize hey, this is a toast for someone.
3: I might, I don't know, depends. If I ask for two drinks at one time and she says, Are we celebrating something? I'll say, Yeah,
2: all right. For the record, the waitress thought it was very nice.
3: Aha, uh-huh. see,
1: how do I even know that's the truth? You could just be saying that. Are you no, calling
2: I, Mikey a liar?
1: No, not exactly. Freedom, were you born on the
2: interstate? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> Were you born on the interstate? Why? No. That's, why? That's where, most, that's where
1: most accidents happen. Ah! Wow. <laughs> you you, <laughs> you better get another orange. Oh.
2: Uh, I have a kid cat. King size.
1: Oh, oh my god.
3: Now I'm getting hungry. You should. I do so have a Giardelli dark chocolate cherry bar in the fridge
1: go for it might you have should go to. eat it, it, it i it, will it, why not jerry i think your weight's fine <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't be concerned at all you can see your dick
3: <laughs> hey that's why i have to stay very lean because it's not very big and i always had a goal to be able to look down and see it so i have to stay really lean
2: i can be 500 pounds and i have a problem Years.
3: Oh, really?
1: Yeah, three fifty. Oh my god.
3: So, should we talk about wrestling?
1: We should talk about wrestling. What's something that you would like to talk? You know, what I'm always the one who 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 sometimes dominates the conversation.
3: You're good at you're our, you're our uh, moderator. Yeah, he's Is good at moderation. In in moderation.
1: Yeah, I can't. I, this once you when when you're not here and it's just me. And Goldilocks over here, and he's eating or doing whatever the hell he's doing. I tell you what, that's the longest hour of my life.
2: Anything I feel.
1: (laughs) How about we talk about this? Okay. Your time in Global Wrestling Federation. Okay, well, I'll see you guys I don't remember much of it. Holy fucking hell. Are you kidding me? What? Bring up Global Wrestling. Let's, let's bring up an episode okay. of Global.
3: Okay, I'll tell you about Global. What do you want to know?
1: Oh, first, you don't, first you don't you know. Now, it's. Oh, I'll tell you anything. So, let me give you an introduction into Global Wrestling Federation, a promotion that Jerry worked at. It was an American professional wrestling promotion based in Dallas, Texas. It actually started in June of 91 and closed in September of 94. So, it wasn't around for very long. Uh, At one time, the shows were actually presented on ESPN Network. On many weeks, the programs were divided up to five days a week, and they aired at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, Jerry, let me ask you this. They started up in 91. When were you there?
3: Um, Not long after they started. I think, did they bring in Lightning Kid first? I think a few weeks, and then brought me in, because uh, Eddie Gilbert called us and asked us if we'd want to, redo our feud down there because we had a feud in the midwest for a couple of years so he asked us if we'd wanted to go feud down there and we said sure
1: well to give you a little bit of background here and let me know if any of this rings a bell max andrews and joe pedesino were the original promoters for global any memories of working with max or joe
3: i remember joe but
1: what I, was joe what was joe like
3: oh just really nice really nice guy but uh, I didn't really talk to him much because he was pretty busy. What was his na- wife's name, Bonnie?
1: Joe Pettisino's wife? I'm not I'm not familiar with what her. What his wife's yes, name he was. She would do some of the interviews. Bonnie Blackstone?
3: Is that what her last name was? I couldn't I don't remember.
1: Know. I think I that, that may have he's been. He's just making shit up. No, I'm not. No, he's not. I think that was it. Was it Bonnie Blackstone? I'll have to look that up. Yeah, look it up. Uh, the organization was a mix of established... The organization. <laughs> the organization was a mix of established names and newcomers, many of which who would launch on the national scene shortly after their days with Global. The original stars included the Patriot Del Welk, Scott Levy, which was Bonnie Blackstone
2: Ra- was the wife of Joe Pescino.
1: There you, there you go, go. Raven Soli. VCW and WCW, and obviously WWE and then TNA. The Handsome Stranger, Marcus Alexander Bagwell, and Cactus Jack. In late 1991, Hot Stuff and E. Gilbert entered the promotion and took over much of the creative direction of the show. So they also introduced other people like... uh, Me. John (laughs) Layfield, yes, and Jerry Lynn and Barry Horowitz. Other guys who were there were Booker T and Stevie Ray, also wrestled in the promotion, and the Lightning Kid, which would go on to be known as the 123 Kid Six and X Pac. So Gilbert brought you in, and he knew that you guys had had a feud, or you told him that you and Sean Walton had a feud going in the Midwest and wanted to know if you guys would be interested in coming down to Houston and working with them, correct?
3: Yeah. The year before. He brought me down to Memphis, and then I left there. And then the next year, he called up and asked if I want to go for Global. So nice. I moved to Nashville again because they were using a lot of Tennessee guys. So we would just drive every week. We'd drive to Dallas.
1: <laughs> to see my. Face. I'm not even looking at the uh, at the uh, at the screen right now. Global Wrestling aired weekly shows in the local Dallas slash Fort Worth Metroplex. Market Television um, with Dallas SpectraVision, and they held their shows, what they call the Global Dome. Mm-hmm. The promoters yep. announcers were John Horton as Craig Johnson and Scott Hudson and Stephen Prazik. 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 Was it Prazik? I think it was Prazik. And Bonnie Blackstone as the ringside interviewer. That's the wife of Joe Pettisino. There we go. <laughs>
2: Thank you, Mikey. You're
1: yeah. Okay. Th- thanks for throwing that nugget in there. Uh, Scott Hudson left the announcers' table, and in his place came someone that would soon be known to the world as the expert Bruce Pritchard. So I would assume was was that your I first.
2: I in- love
1: you. Was that your first interaction with Bruce? Yes. What was your What was your interpretation, or what was your uh, thoughts of Bruce Pritchard when you met him.
3: I don't remember. I'm telling you, that was so long ago. Cause I, you know, I was only there. I wasn't there. I'm trying to think. It wasn't a long, long run there. I right before I had gone there, I had came back too soon from a broken ankle. So the okay. whole time I was there, my ankle was really bothering me. And then finally it got to the point where finally one night we were there. I think I was I don't even know if they knew who I was wrestling yet, but I went in the office, and it was Craig Johnson, maybe, and uh, Eddie Gilbert, and uh, I asked, I told Eddie, I said, I, I told him what happened, I said, I came back too soon from an injury, I said, I need to take some time off and let it heal, I said, can we get this belt off of me tonight, and Eddie was just shocked, he looked at Craig and said, can you believe this kid, he's asking us to take the belt off of him, but it, it was really bothering me bad. So that's the night I worked Barry Horowitz and dropped the strap to Barry.
1: How was it with working with Barry Horowitz?
3: Yeah, it was fine.
1: What would you say would be the main reason why Barry never really had a big breakthrough? Because he was definitely a good worker. It was just what? Do you think it was a matter of maybe the look and, and maybe not not having a ton of charisma?
3: I don't know. Maybe it was just he did squash matches so long that he just got buried in that stigma. I don't know. I have no idea.
1: That would be the only thing I could think of.
3: Yeah. Sort of like Jake the Milkman Milliman.
1: Well, something interesting here. Um, Cecil Fielder got involved with uh, with Global. Do you remember any of that? No. He was billed as a the first two-sport athlete, which was in Major League Baseball and wrestling. He yep. would He would show oh. up and he would observe the other wrestlers. However, never competed in a match in Global. No, don't remember that. Sorry. No, you're good. Uh, <laughs> 1992, uh, Global Wrestling Federation was sued by the WWF because they felt the use of the word global was in the same definition as the word world. Oh, jeez. Which uh, seems reaching, con- kind of a stretch to me. Yeah,
2: yeah. That's like the time Gene Simmons sued King Diamond because he thought the makeup was too
1: close to jeans.
3: It wasn't even remotely close.
1: It was black and white. So outside of your, your workings with the Lightning Kid, are there any other memories that you remember or anything about Global itself? Any of the people that you met? Any? Well,
3: I remember I had to work John Tatum in the light heavyweight tournament. And
1: okay.
3: he wasn't very pleased about having to do the job for me. So he seemed a little heavy-handed in the match, but...
2: Well, that kind of funny. Re- I had the same experience with Chase Tatum.
1: <laughs> really? <laughs> yep. Well, let's 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 kind of deep dive into that concept really quick here. So, when you're told, and this goes to both of you, that that someone's going to do the job and put you over, have you guys ever had situations where your opponent, the person you're supposed to be working with, is a little miffed about it? Oh yeah. And expresses their frustration about that?
3: Uh, usually, they won't express it to your face. Okay. But you can just tell by their yeah. mannerisms and the look on their face. They don't even need to say it. You can always tell.
2: I didn't, I didn't have that problem too many times. I have, well, I'm trying to think. <sighs> Only won seven matches, so I was all right.
3: I probably did. I don't know. Yeah, that too. But yeah, years ago, if, we, if you're in the ring with a big guy. The big guys didn't like losing the smaller guys.
1: Did, did you also find that it was pretty, uh, maybe maybe not commonplace, but for people to express their grievances once they got in the ring with you? when they, were, they got in the ring? Yeah, when they were going to have to do the job for you when they really didn't want to.
3: Oh, usually you knew ahead of time when you're putting a match together or talking about what you wanted to do. Well,
1: there. no, no, I understand that aspect of it. But when they're told they have to do the job for you and they're a little upset about it, do you think they'd ever take their frustration out in the ring?
3: Oh yeah, it's hap- I've seen it happen to other people too, which is wrong, you know, because it's not the other person's in the ring's fault. The promoter decides, you know.
2: Right. Yeah, they just be be, you know, a little he- a little heavy
3: or yeah
2: a step or two off
3: or just yes. be,
1: just enough to make you look bad. Yeah.
3: Well, anything I was just that, about to anything, say. Anything, any spots or anything to make you look good will suddenly go wrong.
1: Now, on the flip side of that, have you ever known, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that had no problem with putting you over, that were happy just to, be, you know, be working with you and were very oh, humble? Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. That's mm-hmm. most people, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I had no problem putting Jerry over, even after the freaking. Snow cone.
1: Texas (laughs) Cloverleaf. Half crab. (laughs) (laughs) So this kind of leads me to a question I've always wanted to ask wrestlers is that if anybody's ever taken liberties with you in the ring and just been a real dick, do you go to management and do you have a conversation about that? Or do you keep it to yourself? Or do you go directly to the person who took liberties with you. What What is the preferred method to handle a situation like that?
2: Did you see my match at Ron Simmons?
1: Yeah. He beat the shit out of me. He did.
2: And but he liked me too, I think. But it was that was a rough night at the office. Back Went to the back, and I said, Thank you, Ron. Everything okay? He said, Yep, thanks, Mikey. I said, No problem. That's what I did
1: all the time. No matter if somebody was legitimately out there being an asshole and nope. taking I, liberties.
2: I, I never gave them the
1: satisfaction.
3: Right. I would always just say thank you afterwards and that was it.
1: Yep. Now, if you were to go to management, would would that get out pretty quick, would you say? I don't know. Well, what are you going to say?
2: <laughs> he hate me. <laughs> You know, well, uh-huh.
1: I mean, if somebody's being unprofessional, I mean, they should be called out on it.
2: I look at it this way. I have an older school mentality. Yeah. If you're out there working with somebody and someone's not being cooperative. Okay. You give a fucking right back to them.
3: Yeah. Give them a receipt. receipt
2: and you say, and, and you say very simply, are we going to do this the hard way or what? And the guys would have, there's, there's two reactions. either they go, okay. And then they, they do business or it just sucks. And it's a struggle. At that point, then there are times I've just gone through the motions. I just I do what I got to do. I get the match done and be done with
3: it. One time and I, I got, took care of it before the match. I pretty much just cut a promo on, say, on him and said, "If you don't want to work with me, just say so." I just called him out on it right out front. Nice. So right, right before we got you know before we even talked about a match or anything.
1: Have you ever gotten to the point where, let's say things aren't going so well with someone you're working with? Do you ever go to management and say, you know what? Hey, after this is done, no more with that person. Do you have the abilities to say that or not?
3: Yeah. I've, well.
1: (laughs) And I'm not trying to act like a baby or anything, but I'm just saying if someone's going to be an asshole, why am I wasting my time if they're not going to want to make it look good?
3: Besides that, you don't want to get hurt. Exactly. But uh, there's one time. I won't say who it is, but I actually told Mikey, I said, well, I don't want to work with him then. You remember who, Mikey? Yeah.
2: Remember
3: I was, I had the,
2: I, rem- I, rem- at this, at I M- remember this, I remember the situation. Huh? I
3: remember the situation. Yeah. And you called me back and said, we have a problem <laughs> anyway. And that, the gist of it was, I said, well, I don't want to work with him then. Yeah. It was that simple. Yep. You don't want to do good business? Well, I don't want to work with you then.
1: How would – let me ask you this, guys. This, this How would Paul handle situations if two guys were booked to work with each other but for whatever reason one didn't want to do the right thing? I mean how would you even resolve that? It, w- would the other boys get involved? No. No. No one else would say would, – would walk up to somebody and go, what the fuck's your problem? No one well, would ever put, say that?
2: Let's put it this way. At that point then it's a power play. OK. And neither Paul is going to back you up or he's not. And I remember one point one. This this was a specific issue with Sabu. Where Paul wanted Sabu to do something and he knew Sabu wouldn't do it. So he mm-hmm. actually gave Sabu verbatim what he wanted on paper. And then Sabu refused. Mm-hmm. It was a breach. Wow. So if Paul wants to play hardball, that's what he do. But for the most part, Paul, you know luckily in ECW we didn't have too many of those problems
1: no was there ever situations that you guys have either experienced with ECW where something two guys or whoever is working together and then all of a sudden it goes from okay we're working together but now something happened something went wrong and now people are pissed off at each other and it gets nasty it gets personal or do you think everybody was able to pretty much keep their cool when it came to even personal matters between two people?
3: Hmm. I don't think I noticed anything in ECW or it was like that.
1: Well, okay, I let me. I when, remember
2: when Cactus did the whole fire thing on the chair. Uh-huh. And the rag fell off the chair and landed on Terry Funk on the floor. And then Terry shook his arms and then, and then the fire went to the front row and then all hell broke loose. But I remember Terry came back and he was fucking flipping on Cactus. Fucking big time. Oh. Like literally like laid it like Cactus was very upset. Terry fucking went off. Like I- I've seen Terry Funk, you know, agitated. And I've seen Terry Funk uh pissed off in a working situation. But this he was legitimately fucking pissed. And it was fucking
1: scary. There was a different tone, I would assume.
2: Yeah. The crazy the crazy wild terry funk became a a wild and crazy terry funk legitimately. Wow. But he was I mean his his arm got all burned up, you know. So I mean he had a reason to be pissed. But I remember Cactus was fucking damn near despondent over it.
3: There was one time in TNA I was pretty upset. They were doing the big it was all the heels were one by one outnumbering the baby faces and Dragging them into the heel locker room and locking them, locking all the baby faces in there. Well, I was out on the floor selling on the rail, and someone hit me from behind and just about crushed my esophagus on top of the rail. So now I'm pissed. I was tired of people hurting me. So I can't remember if it was Ron or Don Harris, one of them got a hold of me, and they're bringing me to the Locker room to throw me in a locker room and lock me in there with all the other faces. And we get about 10 feet away. I yanked my arm away and I said, All right, I just screamed at him. I said, Something about, All right, I'm going. And I just walked my marched myself in there. There's already about five people in there. And as soon as I got in there, I lost it. I just blew up and I grabbed a chair, threw it across the locker room. And I said, I dare someone to learn how to F and work. And the chair hit a mirror on the wall and it shattered it. Everyone is just quiet, looking at me. <laughs> wow. Right away, I went. Right away I went. I am so sorry, guys. <laughs> I, was, I was so upset. That's probably one of the worst times I ever exploded because of something stupid being done to me.
1: So, if you kept getting hurt in TNA, did I know you well, guys say? I wasn't
3: say... kept getting hurt there. I was just, I was just tired of people hurting me, and it was something right. so stupid. All you had to do is brawl. I was selling. All you had to do was grab me. You didn't have to glom me, especially that hard. When my neck is on top of the rail, it was just something stupid. You know, it was just reckless.
2: You unprofessional bastard!
3: I know. I shouldn't have <laughs> thrown that chair across the locker room.
2: I would have popped if it, I, I, I would have popped for it.
3: Like, oh, you would have. You would have. <laughs>
1: That's a side of Jerry Lynn, most people probably have never seen and may have never come out again.
3: I don't even like to see it myself.
1: But I think everybody gets to the point where they're frustrated, right? When you get tired of the same shit going on or people not wanting to work with you the right way or, you know, people taking liberties.
3: What we do is dangerous enough, you know. And if you're going to hurt me on something so stupid and meaningless, I mean, it was just, it wasn't necessary. Oh, there was another time.
1: <laughs>
3: Golly. When oh. he gets that maniacal laugh, yeah, it's gonna yep, be a yep. damn good it story. It was bad. Oh, it was so Here bad. Here it is. Oh, it was in Ring of Honor, too, in Chicago. Whew. I was so mad. Oh. Well, come on. I was going to say, I,
1: geez, you're stewing about it. Tell us.
3: I'm not going to name names, but... It was some schmoz at the end of a match, and I'm laying on the floor selling. And so all they got to do is go do their beauty shot and get out of there. Well, this one guy's got to walk around the ring and stomp me really hard in the ribs. So now I've had it. I get up, I stop selling, and I just start, I grab a chair, I get in the ring and I grab a chair, and I'm cussing at the top of my lungs, threatening this guy's life. It was, it was bad. I would, if he didn't leave, I was going to beat him to death with a chair.
1: Oh, would nice. great. That
3: awesome. yeah. yeah! So, I was pretty pissed. Oh, there's
2: oh, <laughs> that's another one.
3: Here we
1: go. Once you I'll open Pandora's you box. Oh. Jerry Lynn uncut.
3: This was an ECW. To, um, it was a big schmoz at the end of a match. All these run-ins. I may have told you guys this. It was Rob and I fighting on the floor. And Sabu, without us even knowing or even being ready, comes flying out of the ring with a dive on us. And I go crashing with Sabu on top of me into the rail, where two of the rails connect, and my arm slides down in between them, and his body weight is pushing me in a way where my arm almost gets broke. I had to quickly yank it out of the rail. So there's strike number one. So now all we have to do is, the three of us, Brawl down the aisle and out through the curtain. So we're working our way down the one side of the ring so we can get to the corner where the aisleway is leading back to the curtain. And I'm trading punches with Rob, and all of a sudden Rob goes, look out, and this chair just barely misses me from behind. And uh, I don't even know if it hit Rob, but it, it was Sabu throwing a chair at me, or us, from behind. No warning, nothing. So there's strike two. So then uh, we're just about to the curtain. We're about six feet away from the curtain. And all of a sudden, kablam! Sabu pie faces me in the back of the head with the chair. And now I've had it. That's strike three. So I pick up the chair. I just stopped. I did snow sold it. I picked up the chair and I looked at Sabu. And I said, (laughs) I just screamed at the top of my lungs. I said, don't you ever blindside me like that again mother effer and he bends over and puts his arm up and he took it like a champ I gave him a nice receipt with the chair and I threw the chair down on the floor and I just marched through the curtain and then Fonzie comes back through the curtain what's the matter daddy what's the matter I said he freaking sniffed me in the back of the head with the chair that's what's the matter he says no he didn't I said I got a goose egg already feel it and I was just hot i was pissed but you know after that sabu and i were we were we we're always good but I, I just had it that night you know it's just oh, one of the nights where it's something simple brawl back to the curtain and get out of dodge but no you know people got to do stupid stuff and you you know
1: get hurt do you think sometimes these things are just kind of in the spur of the moment you know kind of improving sure. and trying to make whatever you're doing look a little better and sometimes eh, it can get a little out of hand
3: it's just being careless you know, right. do only what you do well. And if you can't take care of someone with something, don't, don't do it to them. Right. So that was it. You know, I, funny how all three came up <laughs> suddenly.
1: I was going to say uh, all three strikes in one match. Jesus.
3: Well, you know, I like I said, it's just it's dangerous enough what we do. Don't be so careless, you know, and it was stuff that wasn't necessary. That's the kicker. It wasn't necessary. Right. It wasn't even needed.
1: Mikey, what about you? Any moments where you got a little pissed off? And I know you said you kinda took your beatings and said thank you and, and moved on, but there had to have been a few times that you were involved in situations that didn't sit well with you and you just kinda went off.
3: Mikey was very patient. That's why he didn't go off on me in the clutch shot.
2: Come <laughs> to think of it now. <laughs> <laughs> No, see, I never got hurt. Anytime I got hurt, it was in 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 the midst of battle. It, okay. was, it was never anything like I'm just laying there and someone hits me. It was it was never anything like that. Okay, so I just I was lucky that way.
1: Interesting. Always was always curious about the uh, the professionalism, and it sounds like most people are pretty professional. Sometimes <laughs> in the heat of the moment, <laughs> things can get a little get a little wonky. I think it was you, Jerry, who was telling me when someone's injured in the ring, you, sometimes people are able to kill time with trying to either get a trainer out or give them some time to kind of get themselves back together. How often have you been involved in the situation where your opponent has been knocked a little loopy and you have to improvise until they uh, have a few moments to catch themselves?
3: Well, being a babyface all I got to do is back off and let the referee check him out. You know, it's easier for a baby face.
1: So there's nothing that necessarily a baby face has to do, but if it's a heel, tell me how the responsibility to that changes.
3: Well, I would, I guess it depends on the severity of the injury, you know, and you know, and like, here's my first, like that broken ankle I was talking about in global. What happened was I was having a match with X-Pac when he was a one, two, three kid in Minneapolis. and, that particular match I was supposed to go over. Well, I did a dive out on the floor, and I hit a puddle where someone spilled their drink because it was a bar show and just folded my ankle and broke it. So I tried to keep going. I told kid when I got in the ring, I said, work my ankle. Well, he really worked it. <laughs> right? he, was, wow. he, was, he was pretty snug when he put slapped the submission on me. Cause he started slapping on Figure Four or something, or I I can't remember which submissions, but uh, and then we just we kept trying to go, you know, while I was selling the ankle, and we just changed the uh, the plans of the match and just had him work it. He even threw me, you know, off the ropes and I couldn't run. I just collapsed in the middle of the ring, and finally put me in another submission. And the referee asked me, "Do you give?" And I said, "Yes." And he goes, "Really?" I said, "Yes." Ring the bell. So. <laughs> You know, realistically, it wouldn't have made sense for me to go over that match.
1: Mikey, did you ever get a chance to go anywhere else out of outside of WCW and ECW as far as other companies? Maybe not necessarily global, but anywhere else? Because I know you, you've had opportunities, but, you know, sometimes you've said no more often than yes. But uh, yeah. was there any other place that you wish you would have gotten a chance to work in? Well, you know,
2: obviously WWE would have been... Would have been nice, but just wasn't in the cards. And, and to be honest, I have never, ever, ever even asked for a job. Ever WWE? <laughs> maybe if I maybe if I would have asked, maybe I would have got in. Right. But I just never never said, "Hey, I'm looking for you know." Never anybody ever. Even, even when my like, dreamer was in charge, of right? Creative like of, of talent,
1: I never even never asked.
3: You didn't miss much.
1: So I've heard. Well, Global itself was known for a lot of uh, broadcast innovations. The original Global uh, was notable for many of its advancements. Was there more than one Global? I don't think so. There was a Global Force, but that was a Jeff Jarrett motion after he left TNA. Um, So they had done a lot of different things as far as their broadcasts were done, but then there was a big, massive cutback as far as budget And that's when uh, Petticino and uh, Johnson left the promotion. Due to pay disputes, Booker Eddie Gilbert and his brother Doug uh, left as well. And uh, shortly after that, the promotion went out of business.
3: Well, that's why initially I moved to Nashville again to work for them, because I knew uh, whenever the budget got tight, they would stop flying people in. But if you're there and you're driving, you always had a job. But at that time, I think I left right before all that went down because, well, yeah, because of my ankle, but. Interesting. So I always tell guys at seminars, I say, you got to go out and go get it, go go to where the work is. You can't sit by the phone, sit at home by the phone and wonder why, why I get anywhere.
1: After global folded, promoter Jimmy Crockett Jr. Um, brought the NWA back to this auditorium for a 10 year lasting less than a year. After several other attempts to keep the wrestling promotion going, uh, the Sportatorium was demolished in 2003. If you have ESPN Classic on your television, you may still catch appearances of global wrestling. Uh, the whole global wrestling library is, uh, is now in the WWE's access So, as of 2013.
3: That's depressing. All these old buildings are getting torn down. A lot of history.
1: Well, I didn't know this before this, but there was... (laughs) There was the Global Wrestling North American Heavyweight Championship, the Television Championship, the Texas Heavyweight Championship, the Brass Knuckles Championship. Never knew about that. Uh, Light Heavyweight and the tag team.
3: No Western Heritage. I beg your pardon? I'm joking.
1: I was about to say that was not in my notes. Oh.
3: You know what other building they're tearing down too? The one here at the Nashville State Fairgrounds. Really? Yeah. To I put thought they tore year. it down already. I mean, it may be down already, but yeah, I've been talking, talking about that for that, years. That new, they're putting up that new soccer stadium. No, they were just announced, I think, a few months ago that they were finally going to tear it down because there's a lot of people trying to save it, save the fairgrounds, but the soccer stadium won. Which is a shame. That's where I met Pam.
1: That wrestling uh,
3: building? Yep, here in Nashville.
1: Was she a wrestling fan before you met her?
3: Yes, her favorite wrestler is superstar Bill Dundee. And I keep telling her, shouldn't it be me?
1: Interesting. Bill but Dundee.
3: What'd you say, Mikey? She's a thing for midgets.
2: <laughs> Thanks a lot! <laughs> oh. Not oh. you! Not you! Oh, that was stiff. I'm talking about Dundee.
3: Mm, yeah, sure. Well... She married this midget, mister.
1: (laughs) Oh God. So that is your time in global. Um, Everyone
3: asked when I was there, if I had a perm, but it was so humid there in the summer, it was brutal that my hair would curl up like that in the humidity.
1: Well, who did you, when you asked to have the belt taken off of you and you dropped it to Barry Horowitz because the injury, who Mm -hmm. did you get the belt from? I think, X-Pac. Okay. So Nice. And once again, you don't have anything from any memorabilia. You don't keep any of that kind of stuff, do you?
3: No, I didn't.
1: And I know Mikey hasn't kept any of it either, have you? You had a few things in some boxes in the garage, but...
3: Actually, I did find a trophy. I was going through some boxes in the garage. And it was when I was in Michinoku there was a tag team tournament and I tagged during the tournament with Terry boy. And I think we got like second place in the tournament. So I have that trophy still.
1: Nice. What's funny. You bring up Michinoku pro wrestling because, um, barely legal ECW's first pay-per-view. I'm trying to remember you were there, Jerry. No, I wasn't Dick to go.
3: Dick Togo. Yeah. I wrestled him and, um,
1: you were not there.
3: Not in, uh, I was at Barely Legal, no.
1: Mikey, Barely Legal, yeah. you were there. Yeah. Did you know the story about when the six-man tag was happening and how there was a controversy with the guys getting paid? Evidently, they were coming over from Michinoku Wrestling and Paul was bringing them in. But they almost didn't end up making the show because of a financial transaction. We cover that in the latest episode of uh, Overbooked, which is going to be available as well this week. So. What's that? <laughs>
2: Don't sit there being an oxygen thief Come again again.
1: (laughs) We talk about uh, ECW's first pay-per-view Barely legal In this week's episode of Overbooked Which we cover the extremely unauthorized story Of ECW We talk about how Michinoku Pro Wrestling became part of the show. Who got in contact with Michinoku Pro Wrestling? All the details and how you guys finally got on pay-per-view when no one wanted to touch ECW with a 10-foot pole. Oh. But due to the fans, things changed. So we're going to be talking about that this week. Nice. Yes. Very, very good episode here. So any- anything else you guys would like to share before we uh, we say goodbye to everyone this week? Yes,
3: seeing as we always get rid of our stuff, if anyone wants that trophy, I'll autograph it and sell it to them. So hit me up on DM me on Twitter or whatever.
1: Ooh!
3: Or get a hold of Freeland and he'll.
1: Yeah, get a hold that. of me and I'll 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 work out the details, the logistics. Yeah. Wow, a Jerry, Jerry Lynn Jerry's trophy.
2: it for hundred bucks, You're gonna give, he's gonna get a check for thirty-five. <laughs>
1: There's a handling fee involved. Oh boy. I'm sure. Oh gosh. Mikey, anything else you have left to say? Nope. Because the camera's pointing at the ceiling, you don't give any fucks left, do you? Nope.
3: <laughs> I was waiting for what's that?
2: <laughs> this is the this is the field in which I grow with my fucks. As you can see my field is buried. <laughs>
1: terrible absolutely Don't terrible know. guys if you are enjoying what we are doing please do me a huge favor go on over to itunes you never did
3: an open. i got jobbed out again yep
1: go on over to itunes why do you tell people leave to us that? a review because no one leaves any here's the deal here's the deal no one, no one rates us it? nothing do you want to know why i say it why because sometimes if you say something long enough maybe it'll catch on with someone Really? So, and yeah. we've had hang up, a hang lot. Hang up! Hang up!
2: Hang up! Hang up! Hang up! Hang up! Hang up! Hang up! Hang up, hang
3: up. <laughs> it used to be buy the shirt, buy the shirt, buy the shirt.
2: <laughs> oh,
1: that ship has fucking sailed. <laughs> we appreciate all comments on iTunes. Once again, the more comments you leave, the more we climb the iTunes charts, and we become more accessible to more people. Also, if you are so inclined and you would like to show your love for the show, you can go on over to Pro Wrestling Tees, get yourself a Mikey Whipwreck, Jerry Lynn, or an official FRM Pod T-shirt, so you can be. Nobody it buys shirts. No one. Seriously. Did you? Just Why slurred? do you gotta? I'm yeah, you, first of all, <laughs> you did. You, you, you got pissed at me as I'm trying to plug your merchandise, and then you slurred your speech. I'm sitting down by the. Yeah, that's it. That's nice. Real professional. That's a horrible, really giant person. Go eat another orange. What the? So Cheers. that's going to do it for another episode of Front Row Material, Jerry. It's good to see you. Happy belated birthday. Well, thank you. And uh, you and Pam have an anniversary coming up, don't you?
3: No, nope, that's not until January.
1: Well, that's coming up though.
3: Yeah, it's- <laughs> it's Make- half a year away. <laughs>
1: Don't look a gift horse in the mouth, Jerry, okay?
3: Okay, okay.
1: I'd see? Happy anniversary. You okay. made a whole episode without showing me your nipples, and I appreciate that. You're a very good man.
3: That's because you can feel your own elbow. <laughs> 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 All right, and on that note.
1: Mikey, is there any parting words you'd like to say to our audience? I think nope. he left us. I don't know. Uh, yeah. All right. What? 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 What would you like to say to the audience before we leave this week? Anything else? No, not really. I oh, I I did have something I wanted to say uh, before I did mention it on uh, Twitter. We are really catching on in England. No fucking oh, joke my here. Fucking god. <laughs> and uh, are you serious? Yeah.
3: Well, we better work on our Monty Python English
1: humor. We got a lot of great, great followers uh, across the pond, and uh, we appreciate that. So You're keep right. listening. Mind the gap. Mind the gap. I don't think there's anything else I have left to say myself. Guys, we enjoyed it. Hope you did enjoy it as well. Hope your Wednesday is going well. Hit us up on social media if you have any other questions about Jerry's time in okay. global if you have any memories of watching Jerry and global or any global memories for that matter, go ahead and and hit us up on social media. We'd be more than happy to engage with you as well. (laughs) Why am I the only one trying here? Why? 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 What the hell's going on? That's it. That's it. We'll catch you next week. Front row material. <laughs> I don't fucking
0: understand. Joke! Oh my god. Oh. I can't. <laughs> the world of NLW radio never
3: stops.